So the Middle East crisis is getting from bad to worse. Israel is getting ready to move in from the ground. Netanyahu is warning of a long war. And Joe Biden is happy to fund two conflicts. And we aren't even two weeks into the chaos yet. I have very important updates for you today. It involves Iran. It involves the United States and why we are on the brink of a bigger economic war. Remember the G7 sanctions on Russia? The West, they froze their central bank assets and imposed price caps on Russian oil. Well, it seems that Iran is now moving to rally the Middle East to impose their own set of sanctions. In our lead story today, Iran calls for oil embargo against Israel. Now, this is a big deal because the oil markets are already exploding up. According to the Iranian foreign minister, he is calling for an immediate and complete embargo by Islamic countries and oil embargo against the regime. In fact, just that suggestion alone freaked out the markets. The embargo threat sent Brent crude flying up to $93 a barrel almost immediately. People are just afraid of what's to come down the road. And this is the problem with the global supply of oil today. We have Russia diverting supplies to Asia. Europe also has an energy crisis. Plus, a big gas field in Israel has already been shut off. And if OPEC decides to cut oil to Israel, there will be pushback from the West. The G7 will most definitely strike back. And if this happens, it won't just affect Israel. It will unleash a chain of events that will doom the entire world. And if you think inflation was high, prepare for double digits, guys. So tensions are incredibly high. America has already deployed two aircraft carriers to the Gulf. Israel is getting ready for something big and Iran has their own set of plans. Now, this next warning is extremely ominous. And by the time this video airs, we could be in a new dangerous world. Iran has warned that a preemptive action by the resistance front is expected in the coming hours. Not days, not weeks, but hours. And that's how close we are to things escalating out of control. What kind of response would that trigger from Israel or the United States? Would the US listen to Lindsey Graham and take out Iran's oil fields? Or would they try to block Iranian oil from entering the market? We really don't know, but the world can't withstand another energy shock without collapsing into a recession. But let's talk a bit about the oil embargo. Even though Iran wants oil to be cut away from Israel, the rest of OPEC isn't on board. They are playing down Iran's call for energy sanctions in Israel, which really highlights their concerns. What OPEC wants is to sell their oil at a higher price. And that's why they have been cutting over 1 million barrels per day in 2023. But that is a broad-based cut to the entire market. It affects the whole world and not just one specific country. Iran wants a targeted embargo of Israel, which is a no-go for the OPEC nations. Because if they do this, it will unleash Pandora's box on them. And America will most certainly retaliate, maybe with sanctions on the Middle East as well. Now, Israel brings in around 220,000 barrels a day of crude oil. And 60% of them come from two majority Muslim nations. These are Kazakhstan and Azerbaijan, and both of them are OPEC oil producers. And it's easy to understand why OPEC doesn't want to join in. Firstly, 200,000 barrels isn't that hard to replace. In the grand scheme of things, it is just a blip on the radar. According to the EIA, US crude exports reached a record high in 2023. They are exporting almost 4 million barrels a day. Nearly 2 million barrels goes to Europe, while the rest flows to Asia. So replacing Israel's volumes of 200,000 barrels is something America can easily fail. They can divert shipments to China or South Korea towards the Middle East, which is protected by two carrier strike groups. Let's not forget that. Sure, Israel might pay more, 
but they will still get their oil so an embargo won't work. In fact, it will just backfire on OPEC. I'm sure they did all their calculations and realized it wasn't worth it. This isn't the 1970s when OPEC embargoed the United States. Back then, the Arab members imposed an embargo and drove oil prices to the stratosphere. But that created two big problems. Firstly, it caused America to become energy self-sufficient. In response to that, America embarked on oil exploration and ramped up their own oil production in the decades to come and it also caused a ton of stagflation in the years later. So this strategy just won't work anymore. It is outdated and just not visible. In fact, the United States still has some tricks left in their book. Almost immediately, the US started to ease oil sanctions on Venezuela and this could lead to a 25% increase in their production output which is around 200,000 barrels a day. I don't think this was a coincidence. This was likely a premeditated move by the US. They did this to allow more oil to flow into the market in the event oil supplies gets even tighter. But what this does do is put Iran's own oil revenues as a target now. Just yesterday, America imposed new sanctions targeting Iran's missile and drone programs. So it's not impossible for them to block the flow of Iranian oil as well. They could continue seizing Iranian cargo off the Straits of Hormuz or simply tighten the financial sanctions on companies dealing with Iranian oil. And I have another breaking update. This just happened a few hours ago. There's now bipartisan support to ready a bill to help seize Iranian oil. Whatever we are talking about a few days ago is fast becoming a reality. This economic war is about to escalate even further. OPEC understands this and realizes that the world has changed. They might be the world's biggest producers, but the United States still has enormous control over the shipping lanes around the world. Remember, the US military or the aircraft strike carrier groups, at least within the Middle East, it is still largely under US maritime control. So it's very interesting how adding two aircraft carriers in a region can affect economic decisions as well. There's a saying that America's real power comes from its military, and there's really some truth to that. Now, some breaking news again. And it's not good. The US has vetoed a UN Security Council resolution on Israel and Gaza. The UN has called for a pause in the conflict to allow humanitarian aid access to the Gaza Strip. But America rejected the idea. And here's their reason. According to the ambassador, the draft didn't do enough to underscore Israel's right to self-defense. And this was a vote on the draft from Brazil. Out of 15 members on the council, 12 voted in favour, Russia and the UK abstained, while America vetoed the resolution. The majority of the world wanted a ceasefire, but America did not. And whether you support this or not, one thing is clear. The fighting is going to continue, and military spending is going to head up, and this conflict is far from over. And here's my concern. The longer this drags out, the more black swans might come to roost. We have literally zero idea, guys, what this action could trigger from Iran or the Arab states. China has expressed deep disappointment over America's veto calling it unbelievable. And here's what the Chinese ambassador had to say. The way they voted only makes us question their willingness to let the council take any actions and their sincerity in finding a solution to the problem. It's unfortunate but this is how the situation has evolved. I think everything hinges on whether the ground invasion will happen or not. We have rumblings that Israel might be hesitating on going through with this and the world is obviously afraid that Iran might just escalate things to the next level which is a real concern. 
And what's interesting is how unity in the US government is already starting to crack on the Israel issue. In a story by the New York Times, a US State Department official just resigned over arms transfer to Israel. This is apparently an 11-year veteran who didn't agree with the Biden administration. The Biden administration's blind support for one side was leading to policy decisions that were short-sighted, destructive, and unjust. So there's pushback within the US government itself. And it's quite rare to see such a public resignation post on LinkedIn. It's quite a good piece that everyone should take a read. But it isn't just people within the State Department who aren't happy. Arab leaders in the Gulf aren't thrilled about the situation either. President Biden recently ended his Middle East trip. He visited Israel, but he didn't get to meet with the Arab leaders. Jordan actually cancelled the meeting with Biden. It was supposed to be a four-way summit between the Jordanians, the Egyptians, the Palestinians and the Americans. Many in the Arab world aren't happy with the US just throwing unconditional support to Israel, right? They want the hostilities to end, but things are just getting from bad to worse. So Biden's trip was technically a failure. Listen to Jordan's statement. There's no use in talking now about anything except stopping the war. So diplomatic channels are now effectively closed. And until the hostilities end, a big part of the Middle East has closed their doors to American intervention. And let's shift our focus now to Russia and what's happening in the EU. The EU-US summit is coming. It's here. It's happening today. And you can bet Russia will be on their agenda. Remember how stretched the West is? They are now funding two wars, one in Ukraine and the other in the Middle East. Europe has cut away Russian oil as well, so they are paying much more for their energy. Inflation is still a problem and interest rates are going higher. In other words, they are going broke. As such, it isn't a surprise that the US and EU are working on a plan to use revenue from the frozen assets of Russia for Ukraine. It is not a smart move. It will just erode whatever trust is left in the Western financial system, right? It will take de-dollarization to the next level. But at this juncture, I don't think they really care about the consequences or the optics. The EU wants to do it. Janet Yellen has given her support for it. And the entire G7 has agreed to explore proposals to use the profits from the frozen Russian reserves. It's really bizarre the way this is justified, right? The EU wants the proposals to get G7 support to minimize the risk. But they should be clearing this with the rest of the world as well. They should be asking the BRICS nations, the Middle East world and Asia if this is a good idea or not. The world doesn't just revolve around the G7. But let's talk about how this works because there's a lot of money and profits at stake. There's around $300 billion frozen by the West. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less. But let's just go with their official figures. Now, most of this money is caught in the world's largest clearinghouse, Euroclear, which is based in Belgium. And here's the plan. Instead of seizing the assets directly, the EU plans to impose a windfall tax on the profits made by Euroclear, the clearinghouse. So this tax will be applied to the profits derived from the interest paid on Russian assets. So it could be a 100% tax on the profits to drain away as much money as possible. And let's do some calculations here because it's really interesting to see the scope of how much can be taxed for Ukraine. And let's say they take all $300 billion and pile them into the highest yielding G7 debt available, which is the 6-month US Treasury bond. And that is yielding over 5.5%. So in one year, that will yield $16.5 billion worth of interest. And if this goes through the clearinghouse, a windfall profit tax can be applied to that $16.5 billion. 
And if the margins for Euroclear is 20%, for example, then it's over $3 billion a year that could be taxed away and given to Ukraine. In fact, Belgium already expects to collect $2.4 billion in taxes on the Russian assets, and this money will be used to fund Ukraine. But there's one tiny detail that many of us forget, right? If you use Russia's assets to buy Western bonds, you are actually pushing up bond values and suppressing yields as well. In other words, you are helping to keep borrowing costs low for the West. The benefits of investing Russia's assets aren't just for Ukraine. The US and the EU also enjoy a ton of financial benefits as well. And there's a reason why I'm not optimistic about the economy. The Ukraine conflict was bad enough. Now we have literally new Black Swan events coming out of Pandora's box every single week, every single day. Everything now depends on what Israel is going to do. Will they move in from the ground? How long will this last? Will the US take action on Iranian oil? And what will Russia and China think about this? And that's why this Middle East crisis is arguably worse than Ukraine. The potential for escalation is higher and the consequences are deadlier. Just after Putin's trip to China, Russia has confirmed they are coordinating their Middle East policy with China and this should seriously wake up the West. There was confirmation of the constant focus of Moscow and Beijing on the close coordination of efforts in the interest of a political settlement of crisis in the Middle East and North Africa region. If Russia or China breaks through with a peace plan, then America will get humiliated on the world stage again. It will be even bigger than China's Saudi-Iran deal. Or maybe it's a financial plan to get the Arab states to ditch the US dollar. Putin and Xi could further float the oil for Yuan idea, right? And that could really take flight if the US really goes after Iran's oil revenues. So we are on a really dangerous ground now. The price of oil is still at $93 today. We are now heading back to the September highs. And the longer it stays there, the closer we are towards a financial collapse. But let me know what you think in the comments below. Will Iran take action soon? And how will the US respond to all these threats? Let me know in the comments below. Stay safe. Be sure to smash the like button and subscribe as we navigate through these crazy times.